for another edition of Out There. The unknown, or not necessarily the unknown. Anyway, I have a very special guest, so I'm clowning around a little bit. I haven't talked to her in a long time. She's like sis to me, and it's so good to have her back. And I always try to get her to laugh, so I act a little silly. And it's Joy Regina Melchizedek from Pennsylvania, Middletown, Pennsylvania, everybody. Let's give her a round of applause. I can hear every angel, fairy, and the souls of the people standing up doing this, um, you know, the whole clapping thing. Thank you for having me back, Brother Tejas. It is so good to have you again back on the radio or on our podcast. And, you know, we recently got back in touch, and it's been crazy busy for me, so I haven't even been doing hardly any podcasts. And I kind of lost my luster a little bit on that. And then got a little pep talk the other day when somebody, I talked to someone. You know that person? Hmm? Yeah, I kind of <laughs> do. I do. I do. It seems like when we get together, if one of us is, rum, 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 the other goes, oh, come on. And then we go. Yep. And it's such a gift to have that. And the thing is, I feel it's two-way, you know, Mm -hmm. because, you know, it's very easy during this time to kind of lose focus on what excites you because there's so much stuff going on. Yeah. So you have anchors that bring you back to that. It really is a deep soul gift. And that is why I call you my soul brother. There's this anchor in my life that you bring um, that helps to keep the excitement on board. I can't imagine you ever being bored, though, so we can't have that, you <laughs> no, know? No, I I just, you know, it's, I kind of been thinking about, boy, it'd be nice not to have to go to work at all. It'd be nice to, you know, to still maybe do some of this stuff, but I'd love to sleep in. I miss that. <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. I'm, I, a lot of days I'm getting up early. It's not bad, you know. It's not a big deal. It's what you make of it. But, you know, you start to get a little older and you go, how many years have I been doing this? Well, that's kind of what we're going to talk about in this upcoming episode because both you and I thought the one thing, you know, the world is so divided, this country is so divided, and people are focusing on, this or that and we're not gonna i'm not here to bash or create more division i know what's going on you know what's going on and we're here to unite and so it -hmm. was this great wise being called joy that told me we should do a show about freedom and i had been thinking she must be psychic because i was thinking you know i want to do a show i thought this about six months ago i kind of want to do a show about freedom just so we remind ourselves of what we have what we can have and i think where we're going so joy if you don't mind it's been so long would you tell me tell our listener i'm sorry listeners i might have more than one tell our listener If you don't mind, tell them about your journey and whatever you want to share. Okay. Uh, Well, you know, it's interesting you bring that up. I just completed a book that took me 13 years to write. I was was encouraged to do this from Flo uh, Magdalena, and I did not want to do this book and it's a story of my life but it's got a twist it's written by me uh, seven dead relatives and the soul of a baby I almost had and the book it's about how to get free Um, it's about how to get free from limitations physically emotionally intellectually spiritually on all levels how to live the mastery and the oneness we're here to live. So in the book, there are things that I share, which are shocking and raw. And, you know, after this book is published, I'll hide out for a few years. Yeah. But in, in there, there are modalities and 
um, pieces of the story that talk about what did get me free and what did help me break free and where um, also what are the things that keep us trapped. See, a lot of times people have this sense of I'm stuck, I feel confined, but what is the unconscious doing to promote that? So this book, it kind of goes into that. Um, I I think most of the listeners know, especially if there's one, um, I was born a conscious channel for Christ. And in my 33rd year, um, I really broke loose from every ounce of doctrine studying that I had done for 33 years and like really got into metaphysics and um, in doing that it introduced me to the journey of freedom on a whole new level Um, I stopped working the regular jobs and you know everything about me that um, I was trying to conform into a regular box fell away everything and um it because you know i when i was a kid i would look around and see waitresses and i would see people doing uh all kinds of jobs like working as tellers and whatever and i was talking to dead people and jesus and whoever else was popping in and i kind of went huh this is what they're doing here so I'll go do that. Right. So I think I went through 500 jobs, probably 50 waitress jobs, and I ran cosmetic stores. I did. I worked in a drug and alcohol rehab with men that were court stipulated from prison. Um, I have a long list of things, and I had one philosophy with all that, and it was I'm going to do this till it isn't fun anymore. And the day it stopped being fun, I handed in whatever I had, and I walked out. didn't matter what was going on in my life, God. Mm. So I look at those things, but the, um, the compelling force that pushed me with that was my heart and my soul. It was, it was a conscious choice that I had to make. But it was the energy of my heart and soul that pushed me to break free. And I broke free every time it became intolerable where I was. So and are you with me? I am. How I'm am just, doing? I'm, you're doing great. And it's, you know, I don't know if we ever laid it out like this. I think we might have a long time ago, but it's so nice to hear that journey because you know, I don't know if people have listened to all the podcasts, and you have your own website, which we always mirror the broadcast, so it'll run on this site and your site. But you know, it's nice again to hear it. Thank you for sharing that. Is is there more you want to share on that, John? Um, sure. So with the breaking free. This was my journey. I'm not saying everybody's journey is identical. Some people. Um, you know, they stay like you work in broadcasting and because you work in broadcasting, it gives you access to many people. And I feel that you're there and you go through and hang with that job partially because you affect so many people through that, um, that stream. Okay. Mm So it's, it's on. Um, you know, the way you choose to do it may change, but the actual experience of it, you know, it's important work. It's very important work. Um, you're a light in the world, and whether it's through a podcast or a broadcast, whichever, whether it looks like it's something that's every day, your energy goes out there. And it affects people. So um, my journey was what it was because this is what I signed up for. Somebody had to do this one, so I said, okay. Um, But, you know, eventually 
through the studying and everything, um, I work to expand. So um, I I work as a medium, as a conscious channel, and um, I work to support children uh, with total health and well-being. Uh, I founded an organization for them, and it's also focused on world peace and. There's an ongoing theme in the work I do, and a lot of it is about getting free, breaking free from patterns, breaking free from all manner of things. Um, you know. So, with your story, Tejas, <laughs> how did you break free? How did I break free? I don't know if I've broken free. <laughs> as far as like, you know, I've been following the same job because I like it but you know at some point I would love not to have to work uh and not that and and I just like to have some fun and and do what I want to do because most of my life has been spent doing things that pay the bills or being of service to others or so forth and I like the stuff that's being of service and I enjoy the metaphysical but I I don't know. I just want to be free. Free from having to go to work. Free from having to pay bills. Free from having to worry about paying electricity. I want to live in a world where everything, you know, and I believe we're heading that direction, you know, that yes. that we are going to be, we think our jobs are, you know, not controlling us, but they are. You know, we live in a world, I think, that was designed, if you want to call it a matrix, designed to where we have to do all these things, check all these boxes, okay, you know, and you could choose not to do any of that and be dependent on others or maybe be homeless or whatever, you know, I think everybody has a choice and whatever they choose. But I like living in a home. So I guess, you know, and, and being able to buy food and, and I, I'm willing to work to get it. But I see that there's so much more that, and we're so caught up in all the things we do around us that we maybe lose sight of what the real vision for all of us, I think, could be. Does that make any sense? Sure. And what I think you're describing is that people have adapted to living in the third dimension and trying to figure out how to do it comfortably. And I think that's what you're describing. Mm-hmm. The thing is, now, I know you and I discussed this, and I, I like to say, well, um, 5D is already existing, and um, we have that with us now. And there are different doorways to access that. Twin flame connections will push you to go to 5D. Um, you know, the living the soul choice will push you to go to 5D living from the passion in your heart will push you to go to 5D. Caring for children will do that. Co-creating together in community will do that. There's all these different anchors <clears throat> that have links to 5D. So it's almost like the evolution of the co-creation of heaven on earth, which is the 5D reality. It exists utilizing whatever door we tap into. And if we tap into one door, we have access to the frequency in all the areas in our life. It's making choices from the fifth dimension that seems to open out to free us. It's, it's saying, for example... I know for years you talked about having a broadcasting company, right? That, well, it wasn't, um, it wasn't really a broadcasting. It was more of like just linking together with others and creating like a podcast, you know, a series of people that would do a, on a we would have a site and it would be a one place that you could go to and get find all different types of people talking about whether it was healing or whether it was channeling or whether it was you know, whatever, any kind of metaphysical. Yeah. Offer like a one-stop shop, your one-stop metaphysical shop right here, and boom, you can listen to this yeah. and that kind of thing. 
And is that something that's still in your heart? Not really. No, it's not. It's like I just I just want to be free, <laughs> to be honest with you. Okay. I, so define what freedom is. Not what you let go of, but what, if, let's say if you are free, what does that look like? How are you living? Well, you know, I have done some research, as you know, probably on a lot of different things. So I believe yeah. there are things being withheld from us as far as technology. Mm -hmm. So if we have free energy, for example, which I do believe exists, the ancients knew about free energy with the pyramids and maybe other mm -hmm. things, they're holding that back, I believe, and we could all not have to worry about paying an electric bill or heating bill. So these are things, if they were removed and, or if they were allowed to come forward, we wouldn't have to deal with that. So we wouldn't need to work as much. You know, we could also, our jobs, I think, were put in place to keep us, so we got to keep going to make enough money to survive. And I remember we did a channeling session, maybe the last time we talked about the Nessera, and you said it potentially could come forward. And if there's any truth in that, then it's a redistribution of wealth so that everybody is going to receive, every person is going to receive a chunk of dough so they can pursue life as they see fit and not have to be on the hamster wheel. And so this is my idea of freedom. It's like that would be the ultimate thing. I still would probably do some things. Maybe I would do some things to just for the fun of it, earn a little extra, just give, donate it, whatever. But, you know, I wouldn't be entirely without, but it would be on my schedule as to mm -hmm. what I want to do, when I want to do it. And mm -hmm. this is what I see the whole world is kind of trapped in this matrix in order to sustain just to survive for another day. Some people are living day to day. A lot of people are just barely getting enough to survive. And there will be, should be abundance for all. And if there's abundance for all, then we have no lack for anything. And as we continue to go down the road of 5D, then I believe we'll have, we'll have the ability to create food. If that's what we even need in these new bodies, we can create it with our thoughts, you know, if we're going to become these yeah. ascended masters. So all these things that we limit us on the planet, some of which are by design in my mind, and those would go away. That's my ultimate dream of freedom. So what you're describing, it's very interesting. Um, even before our call, I was thinking of Jesus, and I was thinking of um, Siddhartha and the masters. Mm -hmm. And the key to the freedom they lived was to raise their frequency. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a period... Um, right around when I first shifted from working with just the J-man to kind of integrating, working with the goddess and the ones with no names. And I think that was in 1992. I was heavily involved in investigating ascension groups. And it was all about raising your frequency. I, during that period of time, I lived itinerant. I had no home. I had no car, and I would just show up from one town to another and manifest everything I needed. Um, and I learned at now I had manifested my way out of homelessness and a bunch of things. So, you know, it was kind of like on-the-job um, uh, adventures that showed me um, what keeping our frequency up could do. And... And like I'm, I am someone who um, people. I, it's very interesting. I'm really into living the integrity of my heart and my truth, and so it requires of me to not just say, "Oh, that thing, you can do that thing." It requires of me to go live it. You know, so during that period of time all these things I was studying, I kept having to live it, live it, live it. And I started to become a little visible, which was a huge leap for me. Um, and then um, I just kept pushing through. 
but during that period of time, um, I did have experiences of like mani- manifesting bread from nothing and um, working on people and um, when I'd work on them, I'd look under the massage tables and crystals and things that were needed for their sessions would show up. So to me, I'm not saying, oh, look at me. I'm saying, hey, this is what we're meant to be able to do. This is very natural. Um, working with the fairies, you know, in um, Finehorn, they grow food in the middle of rocks because they work in cooperation with the nature of people. See, it's not, to me, freedom isn't going to be found in the mundane. It's not going to be found according to uh, all these studies and everything. It's in frequency. It's in experience. And it's in those places where the magic of oneness exists. And the fairies, are like all on board with helping us now and the angels and the masters. And there is a space in our souls that we are at oneness with them. And really, nothing is denied from us. I heard it said in a little tiny book written by this guy, Jonathan Livingston Siegel, the the author, um, uh, Richard Bach. And this statement, I heard this when I was like 22 or something like that last week, you know. Um, And the statement, thank you, I like that. (laughs) Um, Statement was, argue for your limitations and sure enough, they're yours. And when I heard that, it was like this bell went off and I got really excited because I was like, oh, that means we are limitless. We right. are limitless. Right, I believe. Yeah, yeah, and you know that. Mm-hmm. And this is, I. This is just my perception, because energy, like there's all kinds of energies floating around right now. Um, it's easier for people to step in to the denser frequencies because you hear more about it. And this is where living the mastery is a consistent practice of joy. It's actually a joy because it requires of you to keep your frequency up. Mm -hmm. So uh, walking in nature, dancing, swimming, connecting with the beauty of creation can assist in bringing frequency up. And then when you focus and feel what you want to create, you feed that. You feed that. Put it into the oneness. You can magnify it back. The thing is, when you feel it, you feel it as if it's existing. See, that's a piece in manifesting Sometimes people forget. Mm-hmm. It's the experience of feeling it brings it into existence. It's the emotion of, you know, what was the old, there was a formula that some, you know, one of those those uh, positive thinking folks, but I thought it was pretty, uh, a good little formula. It was imagination times uh, emotion equals reality, something like that. It was a simple formula. Yeah. But I thought, that's pretty cool because that's happened to me before when I put myself and stay in that and you desire something up to a certain point. I mean, if you if you ask, keep asking for it, then what happens, right? You're, well, if you keep asking for it, you forget it exists. Yeah, it's like what you, do, you do. Go ahead. You keep, you keep saying thank you for its existing. Like... I'll I'll see these posts. I look at Facebook. And I like to go on Facebook because there's, you know, I have all these different friends. And it's one of the quickest ways I can put stuff out there really easy. And one of the things I really like to do is put out positive posts all the time. And um, I notice there, there are a lot of attempts on Facebook uh, that'll say things like, 
well, you know, next week at 3 o'clock, you're going to be a billionaire. And if you believe that, <laughs> push amen or something, right? And, you know, the thing that's missing is people forget they're in a state of waiting. So even even Jesus would walk around and say, the kingdom of God is at hand. It's now. It's not next week. It's not when we die. It's now. And if there is a question, and believe me, it's not like um, I've never dealt with anything. My book will show you different. And the other thing is I got COVID, you know, and what I did, I got it before there was any antidote. I had to heal myself. They didn't know what it was. So, you know, I used what I had frequency-wise, you know, so, and I know if something's available to me, it's available to everyone I, because we're all one, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So um, what I'm trying to say is in that, in that piece of um, manifesting what you want, the acknowledgement of its existence is important. So let's say I have um, every once in a while I have these, I'll teach these classes on manifestation, which are really reminders to those who come that they're here to live masterfully. That's what it is. The class is a reminder of what you know that you forgot. Mm-hmm. That's all any class is. Right. You know? Right. So, um, at least in my world. <laughs> right. But um, you may talk to people who say different, but I, I just, you know, I, I just feel that it's in all of us. So and why, and why would it not be, right? Exactly, exactly. So the thing we nurture is the thing that'll grow. Yep. Absolutely. So if you nurture the weed or the doubt, that'll grow. Mm-hmm. If you nurture the rose which is the knowing and the reality of heaven in the moment, it continues to grow, it expands. Would you and also... You're, you're definitely, I'm sorry, on? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I was going to say, wouldn't you say with all that's changing right now and more light being available here, isn't that in a way speeding up, accelerating, and, and maybe yeah. in some ways we can actually... You know, I was saying the number... I told you how I kept seeing the number 222. And I know 222 is about balance, but it's also, I think, is about manifesting. And, it is. And those yeah. that say that manifesting is really speeding up now because of what's happening on the planet and what's happening to all of us. So it might have taken you, in a different time period, a little harder, a little longer to create things? Do you feel that that is changing? Well, here's the thing, too. 222 is also the number of mastery, okay? Hmm. So here we go again, Hmm. you know. Coincidence. It's all coincidence. (laughs) It's all coincidence. That's right. And I think rather than waking up to the manifestations happening quicker, I think people are waking up to the knowing that they are divine mm. and can manifest. Oh, so which it's more. Is so that's what's making it quicker. We're we're knowing it, which is the mm-hmm. same as what I call a strong faith. So we're mm-hmm. we have this faith that maybe we didn't have at one time, and therefore mm-hmm. because more. Why is this happening now? Because more light is coming in. What is your answer to that, Joy? But it's the and now, you know. I share my perceptions or things I've learned and and in my um, knowing it's the coming together of all ages. So quantum physics teaches no time or space and that reality has become stronger and stronger for people, that waking up to that knowing because that is what's happening. So if we, in what I see, there's a goddess Kali. She's a destroyer, and she's also a create, create, creatrix, okay? So she will uh, get rid of what doesn't work, 
and she'll work with what is and create. So her energy is really active, all right? Um, And that energy is not out there. It's inside of us. So the things that aren't working, uh, however you want to look at it, some people look at it and say, oh, you know, it's happening because of, you know, this group over here or there. It's like, no, where the, see, what I see is any division that is occurring is serving us to come together in a new way. So it's not right or wrong, good or bad. It's the evolution of the creation force that is making present heaven on earth in the moment. And in order for that to happen, there has to be space to allot what is growing. So what doesn't work has to go, you know? So, And I think we're seeing, again, without naming names or or attacking, because they're all, you know, everybody at their core is a being of pure love. And and yeah. the roles we play, or maybe we get lost in the matrix a bit, and we we think you know we draw things in, and we become something maybe that we're really not at all. So there's kind of like two courses: you can you can pick a role, or you can kind of fall into it while you're here on this planet. But we, from recent individuals who will remain nameless, we've seen what we really don't want. At least that's the way I see it. We're seeing more and more and more of what we don't want. And so part of what this conversation I was going to have you with you is we need to know we're shown so often in life what we don't want. And it helps us to know what we do want. And my question exactly. is to you, what is it that we want? Mm. Well, I can't speak for the whole of humanity because everybody has their own different definition. But I mean, on a universal, uh, on a uh, kind of like on uh, a. Uni- I'm sorry. Go ahead. On a universal concept. Yeah. Every soul at their core, because we all started from the same place. I don't care if they murder or victim, whoever. At the core, every soul desires union or oneness. Mm-hmm. So. Um, the drive, even um, when people murder, uh, at the split second where there is someone doing the murdering and someone being murdered, they go into a state of oneness through breath. So the drive to murder is a drive for oneness. But I'm not advocating anyone go out and murder anyone for the sake of oneness. Okay. Thank you very much. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just giving that as an extreme example. Okay. Yes. Um, Because where we think, if we look at things logically, we may think, oh, it's that person's desire to destroy that created that. But on a soul level, the experience is very different. So the place I'm speaking from is the place where the soul exists in oneness. Mm -hmm. In its purest state, the drive is for oneness and to live that through a human form, a spirit and form, in a world that supports the co-creation and the the reality of this heaven on earth. This is part of the reason why um, I encourage or support or offer sessions that support people to raise their frequency because you go deeper into that space of the Mm -hmm. soul and the heart, Mm -hmm. which puts you more in touch with what you truly want. A lot of times if... um, working with people, say, okay, what do you want? And if they don't have an answer, nine out of ten times, I can tell you, it's because their mind is in the way of the vision of what they want. Mm. Or they may be sick and feel their vibration is so low, they can't get it here, so they have to go someplace else to get it. When you say go someplace else, you're talking about transitioning to another 
yes. place. Yeah, they may die. Okay. And that's fine. We're in a time of rendering right now. And during times of rendering, mass amounts of souls leave the planet. That is a form of freedom for them. Mm-hmm. They're going someplace to get whatever they need to get to get free for their soul. Do you feel in any way, because I've heard so many different things said about this, and I guess I'm not sure where I stand, because I always stand with love. Whatever comes across as love is going to be the ultimate answer. But do you feel there are some that maybe don't want this to happen at some level of their consciousness, and maybe they're going to go to another place where they can continue to hang on to what they like about this place right now? I feel that there are many dimensions, many, many dimensions, not just third, fourth, fifth, sixth. There's countless. And creation never stops creating. So if there is a need that a soul has to experience that, as part of their evolution, because every soul, in whatever degree, at whatever rate, will evolve because creation energy is in them. I feel that there are dimensions where people may go and put themselves on pause, you know. Mm-hmm. There are times when I've worked with, um, um, what do you call, um, in, in the mediumship way where I have seen um, uh, souls just sit next to their body and not go to the light right away. It's like they had to sit there. They didn't go, you know. Um, That happens sometimes, but that doesn't mean it's an eternal sentence, okay? Right. Um, It's eventually you're going to snap out of it, but I think there's a lot of people maybe that really like Maybe not a lot, but there's some that like the 3D experience, even with all the drama and the turmoil. And and I guess my thought on that was, well, Earth is going to change and their vibration may force them to leave. But I would think yeah. in the universe of love, there's always going to be a, like a kindergarten that you can go play in until yeah. you're ready for first grade. And then second, and so forth. If you and you can yes. skip all the grades in a moment. That's what ascension really is about, right? We're we're going to go from kindergarten yes. to, hey, I just graduated college. <laughs> Look at me. Yeah, but what you're saying, it, it's very much what I'm saying. If if there is a need or a dimension where um, souls feel like they need to have that experience, they'll go there. Mm-hmm. Because it's their reality. Right. You know, <clears throat> I, it, it's interesting. It kind of brings me to a place of um, where you hear different people talk about the existence of hell. Like, is that real, you know? And to those who believe it, it is. Mm-hmm. They'll experience it until they feel the threat of grace. Not only that, I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. I just want to interject something here. And you can tell me to sure. shut up. You can tell teachers to shut up if you Keep want to. Keep <laughs> Okay. <laughs> anyway, when you say that, there has been research done, just to back up what you're saying, Joy, about people who've had near-death experiences and they, they found themselves in a very dark place, a hell that they created and believed in. And the moment they reached out for the light ask the light or God or angels or whatever, they were pulled out of there. So that's just my two cents on that. Yes. And when you you share that, I can see it, and I'm getting chills. Mm -hmm. And it's like my heart is so happy for them, I Mm -hmm. swear, that they let go of that, you know. It's a very beautiful thing. It's freedom. Mm Mm-hmm. It's freedom from the illusion of density and separation because separation is an illusion. We all came from and came in as one. Everything people take on uh, from birth is a learned fear except for the fear of falling. And the reason is because a child comes 
out of the birth canal. It's the fear of falling from God. That's their first fear. And every other fear, every other pattern, you know, kind of materializes as they grow. So we come in free. Think of a little child, you know, when they're walking around, they want to investigate. They have no limitation Mm -hmm. about that. So they're free spirits, free spirits. Um, I think, and I know I'm referring to Jesus today, but I rather do like him. Um, <laughs> I actually love him. He's a cool dude. Is I he? call him J Man. Yeah. He? Um, he, um, he, he, like the whole free spirit thing. I, I think of, um, you know, he's he would say, "Come to me as little children." And when he would say that, I think he really said that because he was saying, come to me fearless. Hmm. Come to me without fear and and let's light up the world, you yeah. know? So, yeah. And, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and those of us, those that haven't maybe been familiar with you, it's been quite a while, I think, we, since we've done something. But, you know, some of the things that we've talked about in the past you talked about separation. If people aren't familiar with these terms, maybe they don't quite understand what you're talking about. But we've, on different broadcasts, talked about we came from oneness, we came to this planet, and I don't think this planet was always the way it is now. But there was, can you tell us a little bit about the agreement, as you know it, that was made, and that was part in part for separation, right? Yeah, um, I'm sharing from a place of a kind of a memory that I have, which is back at the beginning of creation. And, you know, um, remember, there is no time or space, so it's kind of like I'm just tapping into that. But um, my knowing is that the source, the God, God, goddess, and its its um, desire to experience itself created uh, the free will experiment and the desire to experience itself in many different ways um, came through by the manifestation of the human. So there is an aspect of the divine in everyone. Inside of the DNA, the name Yahweh is spelled out there. Um, They scientifically have proven it. So the reason for that is because you can't get away from the thumbprint that divinity is in you. You can't whether you live it or not, or whether you live in a state of amnesia from it, you know, that can be part of your soul's design. It can be choice. It can be karma. It can be a lot of things. But the actual choice for the source to experience itself in many forms created the first experience where the source would also branch out and experience itself in a forgetful state, which created separation, it created violence, it created all these denser experiences. Does that make sense? Yes, and, and but I wanted I guess what I wanted to go at a little bit, because I think there was a time when we came here and we might have been fully aware, even going down into a lower vibration of physical we might have been had more like light bodies at one time when we first arrived, and we were fully aware. And then the more we got involved in the human uh, wanting to be that. But there also, you talked about, and uh, some other folks that you're connected with, you talk about the fall of the divine feminine, which was really an agreement. And so I think there was a time... I've been feeling this. I think there was a time when we were much more aware, maybe not fully, we were much more aware when we had those energies balanced. Would you talk about that a little bit? Well, here's the thing. I'm going to share this perception, which, you know, 
I don't know if I shared this or not. Um, my memory is that it was the feminine frequency that birthed the masculine. Remember, it's the women who give birth. Mm-hmm. So it was from the great void or her great womb, the existence of God manifested, you know, through as light into the womb. So the evolution of creation and and the memory of that lived out for thousands of years before Christ. So there were goddess temples and there were all right. these different deities and all these um, aspects of her imprinted everywhere. <clears throat> now, what happened, I believe it was in 2000, well, it was 2000, not 2000, but um, 2000 years, 20 year, 22 years ago, um, there was an agreement between the god and the goddess that if um, that the masculine deity, God, would rule, and if at the end of 2,000 years there was no way to peace or oneness, the divine feminine would step forward again. And in doing so, she would lead and have a space of equality for the masculine as well. So this is the time of union, of the sacred marriage. Hmm. That is what's bringing everything together. <coughs> Does that answer your question? That is exactly what I was looking for. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So it only goes you're back. Welcome. So it only goes back. You're saying two thousand years. Two thousand twenty-two. Right. Correct. But I look at like, for example. What the what the Mayans were saying that it was a twenty six thousand year cycle that we would go out of a certain age and then you know their their calendar supposedly ended and people thought two thousand twelve was the end of the world but it was just actually us shifting into what some people call the age of Aquarius the golden the golden age so it almost seems like it was forced like it was part of a cycle where we go through and then there's like this I think some of the Hindu beliefs that say we go through periods of light we go through periods of darkness is there any of that do you think going on well remember um, there are many many schools of thoughts mm-hmm. and some of what you're describing are um, well I civilizations, not primitive, but civilizations that existed before Christ came. Mm -hmm. And the grand design uh, for what was to come was already being pinpointed away to bring it about. But these civilizations actually experienced the God and the goddess Mm -hmm. in the ways that they knew the god and the goddess to be. But here's the thing, and, and it's interesting, because very often all these different spiritual um, uh, experiences or ways of thinking make people think that it's all division, it's a divide, it's not something that's on the same track. But the ones with no names who um, uh, they're a body of enlightened knowledge responsible for maintaining order and truth throughout the universe. And uh, Christ channeled him, them and uh, Magdalene worked with them 2,000 years ago. Uh, they once said through a channeling with flow, Magdalena, that um, there were 12 continuums. And if you think of a, of a wheel okay, with 12 spokes, and the center point is the ultimate oneness and truth. There, they said during these times there would be an alignment for every soul to have one of those doors to get on. So in cases like these, these truths are one of those spokes 
that people can get on to get in the alignment, to connect with the oneness. This is how I see it Mm -hmm. because, you know, there are hundreds and hundreds of truths, but there are 12 central truths that will lead to the point, a certain point. So that's what I'm saying. Does that answer your question? Yes, it does, Divine One. Thank you. (laughs) So... Uh, my divine brother. <laughs> I'm bowing. <laughs> oh, please. Really? Hang on, let me bow. I don't know if I can get back up. <laughs> uh, hey, um, I wanted to actually share something. Mm-hmm. Speaking of uh, the ones with no names and flow, something that's coming up. Mm-hmm which is really cool through soul support systems, you know. I know our it looks like our time, believe it or not, is almost yes, done. Yes, But what would you like you to share? Quick. Well, um, there is going to be um, an International Heart Thread Day on February 13th, and Soul Support Systems and Heart Thread International are inviting everyone to a day of celebrating the heart. Uh, this this is a, a special way to honor ourselves and uh, to live in peace with each other by um, joining with the threads of our hearts. It's a it's actually a process that can be done called heart thread. And during this day, there are going to be quite a few different ways to experience the heart thread work. Uh, there's a chance to experience heart thread themes, to receive a message, to work, uh, to have a process, to uh, have children come in and experience things. So there's like a, a smorgasbord of ways to experience things. And if people want to find out more, um, they can go to, to um, Soul Support Systems, that's all smaller case, no spaces, dot org, and get on the um, list for the newsletter because there you'll see that and all kinds of things. And there'll be info on how to get on board. Um, this feels like a very important event because it supports how we're uniting and it supports us to go safely and honorably into the space of the heart and to shift some of those patterns that could actually block us from not receiving the freedom we so deserve because we do. We deserve to live as free a sentient being in this life. So if you're interested, we'd love to have you join in, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, I know to just, I want you to know that whatever, whatever it is that supports you with feeling free, I'm going to suggest even if you take a day, once a month, once a week, an hour a day, do a thing that helps you feel that freedom, whatever it is. As long as I do it. As long as I don't get arrested for that, you know. Well, if you do, <laughs> I will bake a chocolate cake. Oh. I will come in. Oh. I will have little little instruments oh. and I will break you out. <laughs> little, little file and mm. You know the the problem and is the problem is, you know what happens, so you're gonna show up and I'm gonna be eating the cake. Are you ready to go, TJ? Come on, hurry up. No, I'm not finished with the cake. Here come the guards. What? Uh Uh-oh. Well, I'll have you know, I do have a cousin, Vinny, and Mm. I am half Italian. Oh, okay. But it was nice. No, seriously. It was nice to talk to you. And and so freedom for all of us, really, to kind of wrap this up, in my mind, is being unlimited without anything. And I think that's the goal of where we're going when we get to this fifth dimensional place. And 
that's what I'm yearning for. I wanted to be here now, you know, and maybe have some people already ascended? Do you know of people who are already ascended already? Well, here's the thing. I keep saying to you, step into it now, mm-hmm. and then there. And you then don't it... have to keep waiting. Right. You don't have to keep waiting. As a matter of fact, you know, I'm excited because there are many different modalities that you have experienced that are 5D modalities. So one of the things to support you may be to refresh in your CA pattern. Have you done that lately? <laughs> well, I had my tires rotated. I don't know if that's uh, <laughs> similar. <laughs> Would you consider doing that? Yeah, I would consider doing that. I would consider doing that. Good. And if you do it each day, it's a 5D process. Okay. Okay. Good. And if anyone wants to know about that, you know, I'm floating around here. I'm (laughs) around, you know. And I would love to get together and um, for us to get together and share and do things more regularly if you're on board with that. Yes, we plan on doing this. Well, we plan on at least doing it once a month, right? These kind of interviews. Yes. So. Yes, we talked about that. And we can talk. You know, we can also, I guess we don't have to just talk during this. We can talk more frequently. And I've just been so, you know, avoiding all that stuff just because I felt overwhelmed, I think, and just busy and in a kind of a rut. Even though I'm happy and I'm not, it's not like I'm complaining it's just you get on that treadmill, and mm-hmm. before you know it, it's like, holy cow, I haven't been in touch with anybody or done a lot of things, and so it's good to snap back out of it. And Yeah, and it's lovely to have you back out of it. I'm also very excited, too, because I am writing a new book, and this book, do you remember Morgan Lefay? She came on and mm-hmm. came out on the yeah. air with you. Yeah. Well, she has me writing a book that is like crazy. So at some point, maybe I'll share a tidbit of that with our listeners if, if that sounds like something you want to Yes, it does. It absolutely sounds like something. And, and, and as I recall, you told me I had some kind of connection to that oh, yeah. era. And, you know, it seems to bring true that I'm, I've been very interested in that time period or those kind of things and so you know I'm sure you and I have been around for many many different things as as if many people you know have been around yeah so. anyway yeah you were a knight <laughs> I remember you do remember. you can remember me wearing, what was I wearing like like I have a little one of those helmets like okay joy <laughs> I'm going to go out now. There's a uh, patrol the kingdom. Okay, I'll be back in a little bit. This helmet is really hard. You know, I can't even hardly talk to it. Was it like so, that? I remember this. This is crazy. I remember that, um, I remember you sitting at the round table. And I remember that the cloth you had on um, remember, it wasn't just going out and doing armor and fighting in wars. You you would dress very styling, <laughs> and you had this um, blue, it was almost like a cobalt blue cloth, and uh, there was gold threads that looked like um, like a shield on, on the tunic, that they wore then, it was really styling to you just... Was it really? <laughs> You're telling yeah. me that I was styling back then. I can't even be styling now, but back then... <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's in you. <laughs> <laughs> so I totally enjoyed being with you today and doing this. Same, same. Uh, everyone, you know. So thank you for having me on. You're welcome, and of course this show will also be on Joy of Union, so we will be doing shows that will parallel on both of them, and if you want to find out, I think all of the shows that we've done together 
are on both sites, but if you want to double check, you can go and go to joyofunion.podbean.com, and there you'll find... It's been a long time, Joy, since we've done one yeah. f- for your website. but Yeah, it's like over a year, maybe a year yeah. and a half. And then you started to get uh, some response to a couple of your shows, which was kind of interesting. And then you said Morgan Le Fay, somebody commented on that show. And yeah. that's kind of what got you motivated to, which is great. I'm glad that you felt... I'm always here, you know, but I don't try to initiate too often. Hey, Joy, we should do this. It's more like mm-hmm. if Joy needs me, she she knows I'm here. And once in a while, if I feel the need, I would get a hold of you as well. Yes, and if you need me, I'm here always, you know. So if you have, like, a show you really want to do, you know, or a channel or anything like sure. we've done. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm here. And okay. one more, and there's one more thing I really want to say because I don't know if I ever truly thanked you for for those of you listening that don't know Joy. It was back in 2013 when I had some major stress in my life with my father-in-law getting sick and my wife lost her job, and I developed a knot in my back. And this knot felt like shingles, like all my energies were pouring into one spot right in the middle of my back. And I tried a chiropractor, and I wasn't about to go get medications because that's not who I am. And Joy did three sessions with me over the phone while she was in Pennsylvania, and I was in Michigan. And each time I felt a little better. And finally, on the third time, she said, okay, you're done. And I said, I don't know. Are you sure? Because I was kept thinking, I'm going to feel this pain when I get up. She said, nope, looks pretty clear to me. And I got up, and it was gone. And it's been gone ever since. Wonderful. And Wonderful. then Joy just happened to be up in Marquette a few years ago when she was teaching a woman by the name of Melissa Middleton. You know, mm-hmm. Melissa, is she still doing that then? Well, it's sometimes she may, but we're more in touch than anything. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. you had asked me to be a guinea pig. Do you remember asking me to be the little, the little guinea pig? Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. <laughs> and I said I would do that. What I don't think you mm-hmm. knew at the time was that I had developed this carpal tunnel. I don't know if I ever told you that. And it was really, it was really pretty bad. And I would have to, it got to the point where I was taping napkins to my wrist when I was working in the studio. (laughs) And and I had heard about surgery and I heard some people said it worked and didn't. I thought, no, I'm not going to worry about it for now. And so you invited me up there and I went in there and the energy was just incredible. And Melissa gently touched me and, um, for about 30 minutes, she talked to me, and then I, I talked to both you and the other the two gals there, right? And then I drove mm-hmm. home, and I felt so energized. And over a two-week period, the pain went away. And after three weeks, uh-huh. it's been gone ever since. So wow. there's the power in if people doubt, and I don't say that it works for everybody because healing's an inside job. I'm guessing you'd agree with that. But I can be yes. a testimony to twice having been, and I had no expectations, having been mm. some of issues with my body cleared up. And we did the heart thread, and I don't know what Melissa called it that she did on me, but it certainly it was, was. heart thread. It was a heart thread yeah. as well. And yeah, because so, she was in training for that. Yep. Yes. So I don't know if I ever shared that with you, but Joy, thank you very much. You're a very giving person. And if if you do want to contact her for any kind of service, it's really a fair price what she charges. And from what I can say, it's worth it. It's definitely worth it. Well, thank you for that, for sharing your story like that. And um, I'm so glad that... You had those experiences, and the pain has lifted. And you know, I continue to be at your service. And for anyone else, yes, 
who would like to contact me or experience something like that, you know, I'd be honored, very honored. And with that, I think that's a, uh, you're welcome. I think that's a perfect way for us to bow out of this program. Is there any last thought you want to leave us with this week? Um, Remember, um, please, each one, the coming together of all ages is now. And we have within us to make this world a truly divine, evolving space for all of us. The seeds are there. Just live the mission of your heart and souls. And remember, you are loved beyond measure, and there are endless team members with us at all times. And I want to thank you, TJ, again for having me on. It was truly a divine experience, you know, bro. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. And, um, yes, much love to everyone. <laughs>